beginning. So. Oh, okay. Uh, welcome to Faith Over Breakfast. My name's Andy Littleton. I'm with Eric Seepin from the Village Church in Tucson. I'm with Mission Church. This is Faith Over Breakfast. Breakfast has been eaten. Coffee has been drunk. Drunk. Um, consumed. We, consumed. We have, uh, we have talked about why there wasn't a podcast last week and followed up on some, I think, good... Yeah, I think you got to wait it out, but I think it, it comes to some good conclusions, and I think it's what we enjoy about Faith Over Breakfast, is just you and I talking, working mm-hmm. things out, so sometimes there's going to be rabbit trails, and sometimes you're like, come on guys, get to it, but that's what this is. Yeah, and the rabbit trails aren't too bad. Yeah, I love the rabbit trails. Anyway, thanks, enjoy. Yeah. Well, welcome to Faith Over Breakfast. Uh, this is Eric from the village, and he's not here because he's done some with the electrician. So I thought I'd start the recording without him and talk to you a little bit about what we're doing, which is I don't know what we're doing, but it's good to hear uh, your responses, which have been none. But you know, you could email us at faithoverbreakfast at gmail we do appreciate the five five-star ratings that you've given our little Faith Over Breakfast podcast. Um, we apologize for last week not getting up a podcast. We recorded one, but we just didn't feel like it was appropriate for the mass audience, uh, so we deleted it. Hopefully, we'll put together two podcasts today. Oh, look, Andy's coming. Hello, Andy. It's good to uh, finally see you. Now we know you're late and everything. Um, but thank you for coming in and setting things up. Wait, I'm late? Yeah. I mean, I'm here. I already started recording. I introduced everything. Throw you under the bus. Oh, good. <laughs> okay. <laughs> are, are we, uh, is that the intro? Or are we starting over? Yeah, I did an intro already. Oh. I uh, said that we were going to do two short podcasts to make up for our long podcast. Oh, is that? Or not, no podcast from last week. So you're introducing this so that you can steer it in a direction. I'm trying to control I may or may everything. not. Yeah, I've noticed that. Yeah. I have some issues. I've asked really, maybe that could be the first podcast. You're doing some counseling with me. We can work through my control I'm, issues. I'm not any good at that stuff. Well, come on. You have to do some pastoral counseling. You're pretty good at that. Oh. I do it, but am I good at it? I don't know. How are you doing, man? Hey, I'm fine. Let's uh, let's close that door so okay. when people come in, we're good. Um, so yeah, I'm uh, I'm here. I'm gonna have to leave a little early, which is why I came in and uh, got everything set up. Got everything set up, even late. though Eric was 20 minutes late. And Sorry uh, so I don't know if we're doing two podcasts or not. Well, maybe we'll we could see. do 20, two 20 minute podcasts, yeah, maybe. And, yeah. and just and just uh, our consistency goes out the door. Our, yeah, so it, you know, all of a sudden they're short. Maybe. Hey, no, maybe goes. we're better short. We no, maybe. Yeah, shorter. So, what did you want to talk about? Because um, well, you didn't text me, I didn't text you. Well, I did. I did text you last week oh, about yeah. revisiting the topic that we didn't share. That's right. Well, uh, this week, that. and and what I was thinking was was not just to do it again the same way. There's a reason we didn't post it. 
But I thought, because if if this podcast is you and I sitting down and having honest conversations, sure, um, then we could unpack why we didn't share that, and then and then learn together and with our friends who listen how to have a conversation like that that's not damaging. Um, maybe that was, maybe that was my. Well, what was and this? then and you didn't want to do it, and then I tried to explain myself, and then you just didn't ever get back to me. Really? Yeah, you never responded. Oh, I thought I said, "Well, we could do it partly." Right, and then I responded. Oh yeah, well, I just thought that was the answer. Yeah. So we were going <laughs> with whatever you said. Yeah. Um, well, I was. I was like, "Oh, I guess we're not talking anymore." Right, I well, guess he's gone dark. He's gone dark. Well, Pastor I did Eric go dark, is yeah. in prayer. Tuesday afternoon. I felt this little faucet open up on my throat, mm. and uh, I got sick, so sick that on Sunday, I came, Afrin, Dayquilled up, oh, preached, uh-huh. and went home, Yeah, which is completely unusual for me. So you weren't feeling good? I was not feeling good. So sure. I didn't actually text hardly anybody this week. Okay. I was just sick all the time. Okay. I mean, that's kind of how our text conversations go normally. They do. <laughs> So, Let's be honest. Yeah, I'm, I mean, I'm sorry you got sick. <laughs> I need an excuse. But anyway, so last week's podcast was about maybe things that annoy you. Well, it was, was going to be things that annoy us. And you, when I listened back to it, you did talk about things that annoyed you, but in very nice ways. Um, you know, like when, when you're, you know, it reminded me a little bit of, good politician who who says you know what what they mean is i think this guy is what he's saying is terrible and horrible but they say you know it's, um, well they're you know they're uh they're a good person they're really really great and uh well let's, and let's and speak. i but i on the other <laughs> hand what i did which was not no good was i just <laughs> i just uh just spoke my mind you did and you I, spoke your mind on church signs on church signs and um, on people, t- Christian language that pastors use, like brothers and sisters. Right, and how and I feel blessed. about that. Yeah, and, right. and, well, and especially that in public. Yeah. Out, and, and um, yeah, and I I kind of, but but when I went back and listened, I told my wife about she asked, and she was like, oh, really? You, you said all that about these people? It's like, yeah. Yeah, that's probably not a, not a good thing. And then uh, you know she was she just seemed a little thrown off, and so we listened to it together. And I, and what I really what happened was she had been she had been in a she had been made fun of at certain points or classified at certain points in her life. And some of the ways that I described people were very similar to ways that she had been classified and put down in her life, and it actually felt like I was one of those kind of people that hurt her. Right. And seeing how that impacted her was really hard, of course, for me. Right. And then it that just clarified what should have been clear before that none of this should be put put, put out there for right. to because um, that's not the best part of me, the part that just right. lets lets loose and says how I feel. Though it was how I felt. I'm not going to act like, oh, I was just in a daze, and I, sure, I really did feel that way. Um, but that's not the that's not the part of me that I want to promote. It's a part of me I want to change. I want right. to grow out of that utter frustration. But, 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 if there's anything I've learned from your buddy Rod, who, you know, the other pastor of the village is that a lot of the things we do come out of the things that drive us insane. 
that we we're trying to push against things that we don't believe in. Right. And so there must be a way, which is what I'm what I'm curious about exploring, I guess, now. There must be a way to genuinely articulate things that you don't want to do and that you wish that Christianity did different um, without without being just unkind. Right. Well, and I think, yeah, how do you, as a, a, a minister of the gospel and a leader of people, articulate um, your own ideas and lead in a certain way, even when sometimes those may look like they're contradicting or saying a particular way within Christian culture is wrong um, or you don't like the, that direction and that you in particular came out and you were annoyed about certain things and very some things that like triggered you I guess because I hadn't seen you that kind of fired up about a subject <laughs> It's which so, which so I should so, say, a good, a good friend of mine was like, oh, I want to hear the podcast. Like, no, we're not. <laughs> <laughs> so I drove around, and when I was driving around, I, I thought about posting this and, and before you texted me, and I thought, okay, I'm going to post this, but the only way I'm going to post it is it's going to be seriously edited. Oh, yeah. So I was going to re- to edit it because I was uncomfortable, but I felt like, well, this is things he feels like he needs to say. So I would kind of just... So it was going to be chunk pieces of sentences where I would go, <laughs> I do not like, but they are great. <laughs> Something like that. Uh-huh. Yeah. So yeah, that would have been a good one. But I don't know. Like I think the hard part for me is that um, it, it's, it's part of being a follower of Jesus is to say, okay, like... I, I can sit in the uncomfortability of this and not actually voice it because it's not going to be uplifting. So, so I want to. I actually think this is a good. Uh, this is a good chance to work this sort of thing out. Okay. Because, Let's um, do it. Let's I mean, a, it a thought that is crossing my mind this morning is Paul and what he calls the super apostles and and how he writes about them and stuff like that. So here's. So he is voicing something. So these are people that he believes are teaching the Christian message for primarily financial gain. He comes around to say, you know, as long as people are hearing about Jesus, um, you know, at least Jesus is being preached. Right. But he, he describes these people that, and, and, and super apostle, I don't think is, I think it's a, a joke. I mean, I think he's, I think he's kind of calling them, in this case, like, I don't know, what would be the English equivalent of this? It's, it, it, like... The Benny Hens of... Oh, now you're yeah, naming I'm going to go, go oh, down it. Oh, I just, I just oh, did it. The geez. Benny Hens of... See, I don't actually think that's what he was doing. <laughs> I think he was... I think he was... <laughs> I don't think he was doing that. I think he could have named him. He could have been like, and their names are... Alexander and Cleopas. Those oh, are some yeah. other people. But um, but he didn't do that. No. But he described a group of people. And so he called himself an apostle. And then he calls them, you know, like hyper apostles right. or super apostles. So he's he's using language that describes them as way better than him right. in jest. In, yes. Um, you know, and because they're going around acting like they're better. And... Because they're better speakers and they're charging, and he goes, "Hey, look, you know, I I just peddle the gospel free of charge, um, and I'm not like one of these super apostles, you know, out to make money off of you. 
Um, so, so he he definitely in that moment, you know, he didn't withhold his criticism. Right. So I don't know that it's always it's not always well, that. It's right? not. And, and on this podcast, so let's just talk. I mean, I, I hate to bring it up because you always roll your eyes when I say it. There we go. There we go. But I, when I talk, everybody knows that I have strong feelings about Christian music and feel like it's a right. waste of time. Right. And I have, and I'm not going to apologize for that because I think it's a prophetic word. It's what is true. It's not something that's, you know. Do I think that the God of the universe uses it? Yes. Uh-huh. Do I think it's not something we should promote and continue to um, promote in our churches because it's bought into the consumerist, right. creativity killing, you know, machine? Yeah, yes. and you've and you've named you've said Chris Tomlin. Chris you've Tomlin, said, and so and so, I would if I sat with Chris Tomlin, I would tell him he needs to repent okay. of the direction he's gone and what he's allowed his music to do. Great, and I'm I'm good with that. So what's so I'm not I'm not trying to justify myself. I actually and because I think that there is a heart issue with with me. I mean, when I listened to myself, I thought that the, here's the big issue. Um. I do know some of those people, and if I were speaking with them face to face, I would, I'd be very willing to have that conversation. Right. But I would have said it differently. Right. I would have, I would have looked them in the eye, and, and this is the issue I see happening on Twitter. I mean, I was, I was that guy like yes. last week where I the person's not present. In fact, I even thought about the fact that because we're sitting in my conference room again today. We don't have people around as we've had at EXO. Right. And when there's people around, you just think differently about how you speak. And when you're in a closed environment like this where nobody sure. can hear you, except for Pastor Eric, who gives off the vibe that you could say anything to him. He's just so kind and gentle. Gentle. Lovely. Lovely. Slightly distracted. Slightly. Yeah, he's, he may or may not actually be listening. Right. So it doesn't really matter. Right. Uh, <laughs> Oh, I'm getting this pastoral moment. Oh, oh, no, oh stop, look out! Stop, look out! Stop, stop, stop. Oh, he's listening. Anyway, oh, God, oh, that'll go. Yeah, well, we're only getting revenge here. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Continue. So, um, but so, I knew in my, I knew deep down, and my wife knew, I believe that this was not me shooting for the the good. Yes. This was me just just ripping at people. So um, do you think that that came out of some kind of hurt? Did you feel? Do you feel misunderstood? No, I don't. I, I feel like we didn't publish the podcast, and so no, no. But I mean, do you feel like the my wife that you misunderstood were me? about like those people that you like the church signs, the guy who speaks to you? Do you feel like somehow you're not like they don't fully understand who you are and what you're about? Like, oh, in the moment, yeah, sure, yeah. Partly, I think they're. I also think they're putting up a charade. They're very used to putting up. Um, I, I have done similar things. It, it doesn't just frustrate me because it's them. It frustrates me because I've been there and right. I wish I hadn't been. I wonder if I still do it. I wonder how often I do. I do that. So I didn't, and I didn't portray a lot of those thoughts. I just talked about how much the people annoy me, so that that bothered right. me. Right. Um, I did. I did discuss that podcast in between actually like in between the more significant conversation with my wife and before I talked to you um, and a couple that that I really care about that 
aren't you know inundated in church culture and their response to the topic was that yeah when people talk like that it feels like they think they're better than you but then we all um, conceded that that anybody's prone to doing that in their specific like we all there's insider language right, we all use like, inclusive language or exclusive language right so this isn't just a church people thing oh, it's, no. it's a humanity thing in which we sometimes it's to make ourselves comfortable sometimes it's to um, well it's to, to feel more special well but language and community like communities that gather create language Right. And the language defines it. So, you know, like at our church, even we all are small groups. Like if I say small group, everybody knows what a small right. group is. But all our small groups are called pilgrim groups, which creates like everybody inside knows what a pilgrim right. group is. You could kind of deduce from the name what it might be about. Yeah. You guys are like really big into like the American foundational documents. Correct. Totally. Yeah. Mayflower Compact. Mayflower Compact. That's all we study. Right. I know. I know. Right. I know what a pilgrim group is. Right, but language, language, that is, you know, it excludes people. And, you know, and right. and it will. So part of being a Christian is how do you continue to create, to watch the way you use your language in order not to hinder the gospel. Right. I think that's the key is, when do you know, did you just do that live on air? Okay, yeah. Okay, just, just check it. <laughs> I don't know if we're typically right. But anyway, it's using our language to be uh, accessible to the gospel. Yeah, that was fun. All right, well, you guys don't know what just happened, but that's okay. Yeah. Well, uh, this might be a great moment to pause briefly and say that I had a Rincon Market breakfast sandwich this oh, morning wow. and some coffee. Um, and uh, and what happened may or may not have been some sort of bodily function brought about by the breakfast sandwich. But the breakfast sandwich was good. Well. And um, you've got Brugger's tea. I did, but I actually ended up at Starbucks today because I took little Zeke out. Uh, and He wanted to go to Starbucks. He had an egg sandwich. He seemed to enjoy it. And then we went and shot baskets for 45 minutes. Oh, he's getting better. Okay. And, uh, that was fun. Our listeners have told us that's about enough of how much you've, what you've had for breakfast yes. and uh, what you've done in your life. I don't know. Our listeners, they, they've given us uh, five, five star ratings. I suspect that you and I... We're the only ones that have given ratings. And uh, <laughs> I know that... Actually, I, I don't think I gave us a rating. A couple other people have. Um, Brian being one of them. He even gave a little review oh. on the, the iTunes podcast. And I don't know if we put this out there, but we are also on Spotify. We have put that out there, but okay. we can put it out there more. Yeah, so you know. There you go. I keep listening, but let's. So, so what? I'm I'm saying though. I'm saying I was wrong. Yes. And I'm saying I know that my attitude was it wasn't thoughtful toward the people I was talking about. I do love and care about sure. people that I was talking about, but when I listened to it, I couldn't tell, and that that's what really bothered me. And so, and it showed. I think a part of me that just wants to criticize and not and not be helpful and especially in the in the church I do want to say as you said last week like these are our family and even though like my family and your family can drive us you know you can be driven nuts by your family there's still a deep bond and care and mutual concern that I do feel for these for believers even ones that I do not um, you know can, just can't seem to understand but um, but I do and I'd never want to tell anybody inside the church or out that these people are not, you know, dear to my heart or that I don't care for them, right. which didn't come through. 
But but on the flip side of that, we've critiqued all sorts of stuff, and we've named names throughout the mm-hmm. this podcast. And the Apostle Paul calls people super apostles, and he and critiques makes fun Peter, of them, and he critiques Peter, and it gets and it's not just hidden. No, he writes about it yeah. specifically. So. And this is not unusual in Christianity all through the, the Reformation. There's a constant yeah. critiquing of each other, especially as they move past killing each other. Um, there's then theological critiquing, and they call each other heretics. Well, or and they'll they, call things heresies, heresies, and those are two different things. Certainly, right. To say something you've taught is a is a heresy would be to say that's incorrect it it right. it deals a death blow to the foundational principles of the gospel right um, and it's not it's not saying you're an idiot right well and I mean you know one of the more popular ones that goes on now between you know between Piper and, and, and T Wright where they go back and forth calling each other heretics and they do it in very scholarly ways right, I was gonna say I don't know that I've ever heard it framed like that well I don't know I mean have you listened to the interviews of these guys about each other? No, I'm. I, I don't have time. For, I'm a pastor, Eric. I, well, that's part of your study. I'm right? Talking you, with people. You need to understand the, I don't, the meanings of justification if you're going to really help yeah. them. Yeah, that's, that's, I've I have <laughs> I've listened to some things. That one I have not. No, but I mean, this is part of the robust culture of Christianity. Well, and we don't know in our culture typically how to disagree with somebody. And um, still love them. And still love them. And still want what's good for them. Yeah. And But to be sometimes downright convinced that they are wrong and yet not, you know, completely disassociate. And sometimes not disassociating means being in their presence, um, either physically or writing to them right. directly and disagreeing with them. And, sure. and we just disassociate with people and we think that's loving and it's not. Well, and I think, if, for one thing, I don't, I mean, the people who are listening to this podcast... I don't know if they care about this or not. Um, but they, yeah, they don't. They, they probably don't. I don't know. If they Maybe do. they do. But the thing is, is a lot of times my my issues with things, and I think most people's issues with things, really come around philosophy more than theology. Because if you sit down with the guy who, who you might be wrestling with in the way they talk about things, right? what you're frustrated with is how he's applying what he understands about God and his linguistics or in the way he structures his ministry or, or culture, Christian culture in general, how it does that and how you think philosophically right. it should be offered. And, but we often say, oh, philosophy doesn't really matter. But it does. It's what really actually creates division a lot more than actually our theological positions. But yeah, I think it matters profoundly. Yes. Like, and you're talking not necessarily a philosophical system, but a philosophy of ministry right yes yeah. so well, how I say things what we're gonna do on Sunday how we run groups how we interact in evangelism all those kinds of things right yep yep how this how this gets worked out and displayed and and I would say for some people their bigger issues do they they argue on theological points but even then I would still be with you in saying that they're uh, a lot of the times more concerned about philosophy and application than they let on. Certainly. Um, yeah. Uh, right. And so, yeah, the the, the the people that I was, the, the insider language, um, you know, I would say doctrinally, the, the you know, people I'm referring to that I was rever- referring to specifically in the podcast that will not be shared, um, I, I would say theologically, I we would almost check all the same boxes, but it would be very difficult for me to exist in the same ministry 
because of our different philosophies of how that comes across. And maybe a couple of key doctrinal issues too. Like I would say that the, the doctrine of sin leads me to, and, and I would, I mean, if you want to push it even further into, into Calvinistic waters, the total depravity, I think that should profoundly, profoundly, profoundly humble people so that there is no essence of being better than anybody else. Um, so I do think there's a doctrine behind a humble approach and a humble practice that doesn't exclude, that doesn't talk over people's heads. Right. Um, so I, I don't think they're completely disconnected. But but at the end of the day, I wasn't bothered by his doctrine. I was bothered by the, sure. what I felt very uncomfortable with in practice. Right. And so that's why I asked you, do you feel on the outside? Because your philosophy has a subgroup within Christianity in the way you practice your faith. But it's not necessarily the majority culture. Um, right. Yeah. I mean, I, yeah, maybe. I mean, I guess I'd, I'd be because of some of the, the ways, I think I would feel much more that way if I were, say, in the Southern Baptist Convention or something like that. Like sure. if I If I were regularly being invited into you know large groups of people and working together with people where I just was like man I don't I just every time I speak this this way I feel fake and when I interact in these places I feel I feel odd I think I'd feel more that way um, you know I, I feel that way in small spurts. I mean, you were describing in the podcast the pastor events that you're like often don't really want to do, right? Um, and and I related to that because I I generally around our church and I, you know other friends that I've figured out that I have you know in town I don't feel that outsiderness, but when I'm invited into certain types of events. And I walk in, I feel very by myself. And I remember there was one event where uh, Jimmy, who used to who worked at your church for a bit, and I were both at an event together, and we kind of ended up just hanging out with each other. And he made a comment, just like these, this. It's very hard to <laughs> be with these people, isn't it? And I felt I was feeling it too. Right. And so those those moments are ones where I do feel like. Oh, yeah, I'm, I'm not with my, my my buddies. Right, I'm not. It's not comfortable here. <laughs> yeah. Well, and that's the position that you are in in Christian right. culture itself, right? And what you're having to offer. And I think part of it is that you. I mean, I don't know how to talk about these things because I think, like Mission Church, I would argue that the Village Church were attempting. We may not be doing it, but we're attempting to try to live out a holistic faith. A faith that's so interwoven from, mm-hmm. from Sundays to the groups to our neighborhoods to the people that we're in relationship with outside of our communities. We're, we're trying to have it holistically connected and, and right. interchangeable. And so, like that, where there's no there's no 
you don't walk away from it at any point. It is right. It is just it is always, always a part of you. There. Yeah, right. And I, I think that is different, and it requires. I mean, it is. It's a saying. You know, the way I understand it is, is that it is like the Catholic Church. The Protestant Church is like the Catholic Church. It's just that we did we don't have all of our sects and all of our little you know things in one under one roof. Right? Sure. But we, there yeah. are the Jesuits and there are you know there are all these yeah. different sects of, of, of Catholicism and practices and ways of engaging yeah. the communities around them and I think you know Christianity or Protestant Christianity is the same way we just don't have the umbrella yeah, because yeah. we've rebelled and so we don't just rebel against the larger thing we rebel against each other yeah. you know we're reactionaries it's in our culture I mean it's in our very blood to react right and I would venture to say everybody's yeah, yeah, it's yeah. It's happening within churches, yeah. but I mean, isn't that happening in yeah, it's happening governments, everywhere. and isn't it happening yeah. in and I don't know if it's parties? always good. I, mean, I don't know if the reactionary part is good. I mean, that's what I was trying to say last time. We are brothers and sisters, and some of us like are the kind of the weird uncles, and maybe we're the weird uncles. That everybody's like, oh my gosh, here comes the weird uncle. We'll just maybe he'll stay in the corner and not say anything. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, maybe one of us is a weird one. Well, okay, well, that's fine. <laughs> but, you know, like, even, like, things have... I, I, I don't... Mark Driscoll talks I'm, I'm about, sure. and I just... Uh, I like this thing that he says. You know, I heard him well, preach in the sermon. I do like Mark, even though I have a hard time Have you been him. talking to him lately? Have you been giving him some, some emails? Well, I was going to send an email to see if we could do an interview. Really? Yeah, we You're, talked about that's, that. That's where you want to go with Faith in Well, it would be pretty interesting. I'm, I'm questioning your... Uh, but Your philosophy. He talks about mothers and schooling, and it's pretty funny. But he talks about how we radicalize now, and so if you, he was saying, if you get a homeschool mom and a, a public school mom, and you get like a private school mom, and then you get the Montessori mom, and you get them all into a room, like, like they are all radicalized now. So they right. believe that their thing is the best right. and the way that they should do things. And, you know, his argument is always that public school mom's going to win and beat them all up. She's in the roughest, <laughs> but but like the issue being, we we can't sit down anymore and say, well, all of these perspectives are really good, and each one offers something uniquely different. And I don't really feel comfortable with the outside parts that it offers, and that's why I'm in this place. Or philosophically, God's called me to this place. We don't talk about it that way. Right. Um, we are radicalized and say, no, this is the only way because it's a reaction to what's happening. So, uh, but I want to, yeah, no, I'm, I hear you. That makes sense. I guess what I want to hear from you, and I think would be, I would like other people to hear from you, is how do you work out the difference between what happened on the last podcast, which I'm saying wasn't good on my part, and the other critiques that we, where we have named names, and, and you know, what's, when do we, as believers, um, name names and say this is garbage and when do we just say hey this is my family I love them well I think maybe we have to say both mm-hmm. because that's how I mean yes I earlier said that Chris Tomlin like I think he's stepped over what God has called him to do and that's my opinion um I see God using him, but at the same time, I see a very dangerous path that it's taken. It's not just Chris. It's I mean, before it, it was Vineyard Music, like the industrialization and commercialization of God, the music that worships 
that we used to worship and sing to God and then kind of handing it out to everybody so that there isn't a creative force in different communities being, you know, brought up. Like and it becomes consumer driven and right. how much is it tainted when it's when it has right. to be when you gotta put out another record and it's gotta right. be good and people have to like it and the radio's gotta play it. Is right. this is this honest? You know, I would I would wonder if I could ask Chris if he were here, which would be It'd be, it'd be cool you, someday. Can then. you email him? Yeah, we're nowhere close. I'll email Mark. Email yeah, Chris. You, see who no. can get who first. It's not going to happen. I, no. oh, come on. Come on. It'll be a I, fun challenge. I can't email him. It's just. I'll like, send you his email. Yeah, you don't have his email. We'll find it. You're just going to make up. It's going to be like Chris at TomlinMusic.com. <laughs> it actually might work. Um, but, but here's the point. If he were here, I would say, are these. How much of this is the market and the label? And what works in your church versus who you are wrestling with God? Like how how much of how much of this is truly where you are versus what you think you're supposed to do? Right. I would that'd be interesting. I, I'd be curious to know what that's like, and I wonder what the journey has been because you you watch old. Um, I mean, I, I actually like watching some of the old passion stuff before he was cool. Right. Um, where he was just like in some cargo shorts and a, and a semi baggy t-shirt with a hat on. And, and it didn't seem like he was trying to be a cool guy. It's right. just like he was just a young guy who was excited to play music for some people. And the songs weren't all as catchy. Some of them were a little interesting and right. they weren't as is like easy to get into but you got the sense that he had put something into them um, and now it's like every one of his albums just sounds the same to me um, or they sound eerily similar to everything else that's coming out and I, and I sort of wonder if he ever sits down and is just like eh, this just isn't me I don't know well and it's not Chris I mean I guess for me it's maybe you're right maybe it's we can say yeah hey Chris or others or even us participate in these things but really, what I have a hard time with in the church, and then it gets frustrating to me when it's manifested in different people, is the consumerist model. Yeah. Um, and as a pastor, I run into this all the time because it's, have you heard this song? Have you read this book? Is, can, have you looked at these Bible study methods? Is this is the, can we, how many, this is something I've run into, how many healing programs are there? <clears throat> there are a lot of healing programs. And, right. and you know, and... And are they like? And we're trying to peddle them to one another without really saying, "Is this actually working? And where's the real evidence? And what's what's God actually calling all, all of us to?" And are we all supposed to just you know do the exact thing that these people over in Tennessee are doing right, right now? Or, right. I mean, just because it something apparently worked for them. Um, and then I, you know, I I worked in the Christian book and music industry for a little bit. And, uh, you know, something you learn early on. I mean, looking back, I mean, some of these authors and these musicians aren't, they're, they either aren't Christians, actually, in the end of the day, or they decided to change their mind, or I don't know what, it, you know. But the, I mean, people who, just because they've got a gift, they're put forward as an expert. Sure. And I don't even know if they ever would have said they were experts. I and mean, they were just, it's just their job. And that's kind of weird to me, too. Like that, you know, just because somebody can write and has a connection, so they put a book out. Like, 
Does that really mean right. we all should? It's not that we shouldn't study and that we shouldn't read and that we shouldn't. Sure. No, uh, I'm all for it. But, but I would argue that, like, we as Christians, as a body of Christ, have decided not to do the hard work. Agreed. So that we I, just want somebody to just hand us the hand us the manual, we'll show up right. instead of think us through. So I'm trying to think, like, okay, in your church, let's say somehow everything got closed off and all you had was your people and you needed to, right. to learn about, you know, marriage counseling. All right. of a sudden, you, you have to get a group of people together and they have to start thinking through all the right. things that are important to teach somebody. Yep. But instead, there are like eight books, ten books, twenty books. You can start reading all this little program. You can go, oh, people have already done the hard work. Why? But when we're talking about the scriptures, yeah, you should be doing the hard work. If you Well, if you don't do the hard work, if you haven't thought this through personally, I mean, why be a pastor? Well, and why be a person in the church? Why, yeah, right. Well, sure. that's my Agreed. Is why, yeah. why be a person in the if, church? If you're not, not going to deeply engage with this. And you wonder, there's because there's got to be people with lot, you know, rows and rows of books. Where you go, but have you ever wrestled with this? Have you, or did you just read it? And, and I, I'm not, I'm with you. I'm saying, like, the books do help you think sure. about something differently, and it's well, good to hear other people's and perspective. And Paul goes out and speaks, sure. but what, who does he tell, like, who does he kind of put up? It's the Bereans, right? The, right. They go back and they, they, like, they look and say, okay, like, this is really good, Paul, but I'm going to make sure and figure this out on my own. And maybe even come up with a little bit of a different perspective on this than you have. Right. Because I've done, I have your, your insights, and that's helpful to what I'm thinking about. Yeah, this, this has come up recently at our church, and I think we've taken kind of a middle, a middle path on it. But it was recently we were talking about some discipleship stuff, and you know, basically what we were putting forward was all things that other people had done. Like, okay, we'll do this thing that somebody else has made and this thing that somebody else has made. And, you know, somewhere in there, it was like, wait a second, shouldn't people hear from, like, us? I mean, do we know how to pray? Right. Like, or is it only, (laughs) you know, only somebody else knows how to pray? Right. And... Don't people need to hear from people they walk with every day how they've figured out prayer? Wouldn't that be extremely valuable? And what they've the way that they've learned to apply the scriptures to their lives. Um, yeah. So that yeah, that's. I, and, and and so somewhere in there is like okay, we need to make sure that we are. There does need to be personal, like, we need to be offering things in all these venues. It can't just be, like, plug-and-play a video right? every time. Yeah. Right. Well, because I think we become worshipers of people, and I'm, I'm so guilty of this. Right? We become Tim worshipers Driscoll. of people. Yeah. Tim Keller. No, no, John you're, Piper, you're pointing out my guy. N.T. Wright. No, but all. Look, I mean. No, I know. I'm with you. Carson. Like, we, we, we begin to worship them and how they say things and the way they approach things, and not Jesus. Right. We worship Jesus secondarily. Right. We're hoping that Keller will have this really cool new insight into something for us. Um, and I think that's, I mean, that's okay. And, and actually, we have that tradition within Christianity, is that we, a lot of circuit preachers just had a stack of sermons yeah. And they would just read them. They weren't there prepared sermons. They were, and they didn't prepare them for those specific people. No. Which I've I've personally refused to do. That's I a circuit just, preacher? Yeah. I've refused to ride on a horse to yeah. different towns and yeah. preach the same yeah, that's thing. That's definitely not yeah. 
I would tease that too. I'll go to other towns and preach the same message, but not on a horse. <laughs> not on a horse. Yeah. So I mean, I think it's, it, there is that tradition within our in our you know history, but I think it's it's about Jesus. It's not about other people. I don't know. If this is this is kind of gone off the rails, but I don't know where we are. What are we? Where are we at? Um, well, what I was trying to get from you, which I probably give you the answer. You, no, you, you always okay. Yeah, ask the question again. I'll give you a direct answer. Eric, I love you. Sometimes it's annoying when you don't answer my question. Okay, I'm sorry. I'm going to give it a shot. You were trying to say that we do both, which is what I'm trying to do right now. No, you were. Um, yeah, but how do, how do we like speak out? I mean, so saying we do both. Okay, we do both. Like, how? I mean. I mean, when, when have, I mean, do you have a, do you have an example of here was a specific person that I've actually like spoken to in person where I've said what you're doing is damaging. I love your ministry. I think what you're, I think you're, you know, I really appreciate you, but this, um, I mean, well, I, I, I don't really have access to all the people who are influencing what people well, do. So. Of course, but um, but in your circles, I mean, we have, there are people we know here in town. Yeah. And you don't have to name names, but have you, I mean, out, outside of just critique, I mean, how, how have we, how do we do that? That's the hard part is, I guess, like, that's what I'm discovering through this last week and that last podcast is I do have genuine frustrations some of them just have to do with philosophy, but some of them sure. are, are deeper. Well, let's just be honest in the podcast. We're talking about putting a bunch of pastors together, right? Yeah. And if some of those pastors happen to be mega church pastors, yeah. the thing that I'm going to say to them, I guarantee you I will say it not right away, is so what's it look like going to look like to break your church up? Right. What's it going to look like to transform this into like 15, 20 churches? Yeah. So you will, you will do, you'll, you'll come to the meetings. You, know, you will that. actually put that out on the table. Yeah. Okay. You know, well, I'd say, why don't you follow Francis Chan's model? Like, yeah. Break it up. Change it. It's, that's not, that's not what you should be doing. Yeah. Yeah, I'll say it. Okay. And what if they, and then the, what if they have a, a leveling critique for you. Then I'll have a conversation. Yeah. So, and so, how do we make sure in that that they feel? Well, I would try, I would learn to be their friends and care for them in a good way. Uh-huh. <laughs> I'm not going to go right through the front door, right? But I I, I, I want to put that out on the table. It's a conversation we should be having. Like you always hate this, but statistically, you know, at, at the turn of the century. Mm-hmm. So 2000, we hadn't gained, we lost churches, we hadn't gained converts, um, we just, all the small churches closed down and turned into mega churches. But we didn't really grow, Christianity no. didn't grow, no. it just reorganized. It did, and it wasn't necessarily for the best. And I, you had mentioned the Bill Hybels thing that I was not up on last week, but now I, I have read about it. And there's so many, so many sad things to that story, But but one of the... You know, one of the saddest um, is, I would say, as as you looked at it, that this all could have been dealt with a long time ago. Right. Um, but the but this big church was people people guarded it, 
tried to protect it as an entity because it was so big and mm-hmm. important um, that people didn't ask the hard question or look deep enough. And then they were outside of any kind of structure or denomination to where anybody could really ask. And, right. And um, so it was a Lone Ranger big thing that people felt a higher devotion to than Jesus, potentially. And it, you know, that if if warning signs had been looked at a long time ago, we're talking back when you and I were but kids, um, you know, Bill Hybels could have been approached and potentially discipled, discipled and this might, didn't have to continue. And it, um, and the fact that that, and, and I think the fall of something like that is always greater. Like, there's such a fear of like, oh, don't mess up what God's doing here. I mean, you don't think that messes people up when they realize that their pastor of 30 years, um, who wrote books like, you know, about what you do in private, was doing shameful things in private. You don't think that's a problem for people 30 years later, that they realize you hid this from us? I mean, yeah. it didn't. You didn't save the church by hiding this stuff, mm-hmm. um, or or you know whatever. However, it happened. I'm sure we don't all know right now, but um, but the, these things were like. I mean, this is stuff that you know anybody could be tempted to do. Where if somebody were walking with him and discipling him, and like real confession of sin could have happened back in the '80s, man, it could have been a whole different story. Right, and uh, sure, Willow Creek might not have blown up and like been huge, but like you're saying, most of those people went to other churches anyway, right? Or would have, right? But I mean, so I don't know. I guess I, I walk away from all this. I still, I, I mean, I do want to even say on here, like, yeah, you know, I am. I'm sorry for the ways that I, I can be a real jerk sometimes, and a lot of times, the other truth that you know I guess wasn't um and sometimes I'm a jerk when I'm acting nice um and I think that's what was exposed last podcast was that I did say what I really thought and even though I interact with people and act really nice sometimes what I'm thinking isn't that really nice not at all and so what I'd rather do is I'd rather be more honest with people in the first place out of love I'd rather speak the truth in love as I encourage people to do um, I'd like to apply that to myself and so that's what I'm most ashamed of is that I've done neither of those in some of those areas that to some of those people if they'd listen to that podcast and recognize themselves which they may or may not have but if they had they would have gone oh that's the first time I've I realized Andy felt this way because um, I haven't been forthright, but I also um, haven't loved enough to do it. So I think that's what, at the end of it all, gets me. So I want to honestly say that and apologize for that and uh, ask for people's help in being more lovingly truthful instead of faking friendship mm. yeah. well yeah and I would say you're forgiven through the blood of Christ and that's a good thing yeah. and I will also say that like the thing about being human and about being a pastor and I think it's being a disciple a 
Jesus is that in all contexts, we're called to being really uncomfortable. Right. And we don't like that. So it's easy to swing to one side or the other. And what I've learned, what I learned from being a young pastor was that my mouth mm-hmm. got me in trouble a lot. Yeah. And my opinions came out of the I thought I was right yeah. about everything. I don't, I don't think I've dropped a lot of that, but I'm learning to try to live more uncomfortably with my beliefs mm-hmm. um, and to honor what God is doing in other people's lives, even if I don't agree with all that they're doing or how they're doing it. Right. And that has been a really hard thing for me. Yeah. Because um, I think I personally early on want to equate doing it the right way equals God being with you, doing it the wrong way yeah. creates God not quite being with you, mm-hmm. which is ridiculous. Right. Yeah, because then God wouldn't be with anybody. No. <laughs> It'd be a mess. Like you said, that's the joy of uh, total depravity is that we get it. We're all depraved. There's no one who is more depraved than the other. Right. If you, yeah, if you rightly apply that doctrine, that's what it means. Right. Which is, as scary as that doctrine sounds, it can be a very humbling and freeing thing to realize. Yeah. Well, I think we've... Uh, We've done quite the long podcast after all, and only one of them. Oh, man. Maybe we'll break it into two. I don't. <laughs> I think it was one conversation. It'd be done. It'd be a little the, weird. Too much editing is weird. Anyway, thanks for tuning in to Faith Over Breakfast. Andy Littleton here. Eric Seepin from the village. Rincon Market. Thanks for coffee and a sandwich. Brugger's Bagels. You make a mean cup of tea. Says Eric. Um, mean cup of hot water. Mean cup of hot water. You can really heat that water, Brewers. Thank you. Um, and uh, yeah, we appreciate you. Thanks for tuning in.